Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we have a plethora of guests to discuss, well, the shit show that was Phil Castellini. Uh, first, we have Carlos back on with us. Carlos, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, doing a little pre-gaming in the garage, waiting for the game to start. And glad you guys invited me on to talk a little ball. Anytime, Carlos, anytime. We also have Dong Gray on with us tonight. Dong, how are you? Doug, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. I don't, I don't know who this other person you were talking to is, but I hope they're I hope they're they're all right. But I don't know. They didn't they didn't really respond. So they must not be here. It must be a fictional fictional character that you made up in your mind. There we go. Yeah, that was real. an inside joke, by the way. Uh, we also have Burmy back on with us. Burmy, how are things? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Uh, I'm excited to fly out to San Diego next week and catch a Reds game at the beautiful Petco Park. Son of a bitch. And we also have back on, <laughs> uh, fresh off his uh, viral Twitter sensation, Woo. How are you doing tonight? Hello. Doing all right. Doing <laughs> well. <laughs> well, the main topic is, of course, going to be the comments of Phil Castellini. Phil Castellini, um, if you if you don't know who he is, think of Donald Trump Jr. in terms of cokehead fail son. That is Phil Castellini. He, on opening day, well, technically home opening day because of the lockout, but on home opening day, goes on the radio and says, <laughs> when asked about should... Are fans justified in being upset? Well, where are you going to go? And then when given a chance later by Channel 5 to walk back those comments, he decided to double down. And let's just say the fan base was a little upset. Uh, Let's start with you, Wu, since you were the one who went viral with that clip. Give me your thoughts yeah. on just how brain dead Phil Castellini is. I don't think necessarily it's brain dead, just more uh, sitting from a position of privilege and, you know, the old verbiage of being born on third and, and uh, thinking yeah. of a triple. It's a, yeah, I mean, it, I, I just, I just think it's, you look at the tenure of the Castellini ownership and them facing criticism at all, realistically. I mean, there's been some light dustings here or there, but mostly, you know, it's not like the local coverage from from a press perspective um, has been hard or difficult or anything beyond almost in collaboration with many times. Um, and I think it just led to like a very false sense of security, a false sense of where it just over time is eroded to where what happened happened. And 
Um, it was beyond dumb and stupid and everything, but you know, saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Uh, but but I just I, I just think it's just a c- accumulation of a of them saying like what they've really been thinking and doing this time. Um, because they've gotten so comfortable and so, I mean, you've seen it with the escalation of comments, you know, over the last couple off seasons, uh, and you're just like, that's so stupid. Why are you like, it's not hard just to say the, the thing you should say and, 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 and not stick your foot in your mouth, be it from Nick crawl or, or Bob or, or Phil or, and I just think it came to a point where, you know, it just happened because it was inevitable at this point, in my opinion, it's. They, they were just they're they're comfortable in their shoes and and never expected any blowback or anything. I mean, you saw it when he had the chance to clean it up, right? What do you you know? Would you like to clarify to people? He's like, what are you talking about? You're gonna have to you know to him. It didn't even dawn on him that anything he said was gonna lead to any kind of blowback. And no one. And it's kind of weird, you know. If you take a step back and think about it, like a lot of other pro teams have a lot of criticism. I think it's good to have proper criticism of these billion dollar organizations, it's going to lead them to do things that are better for the fans interest. Um, but no one in the Reds PR department or anywhere there <laughs> thought like at all between the time he said, his, said that. And then the, the chance to clean it up to pull him aside and say, Hey, this is kind of growing in something a heads up. So it was like in his head a little bit that that was just non-existent. I just think it just shows like how little resistance they're used to, when they put out their stuff and how it's usually just ate up locally and spun. Well, and, and it's just, it's the end result in my opinion of, of, yeah. the, of this. It took till nine o'clock for them to issue an actual statement, which was bullshit. But let's not forget and people who were listening and may not know the context. It really exploded in the last couple of weeks when uh, Chad Dotson in the riverfront put the billboard up to sell the Bob, the sell the Bob team, sell the team Bob <laughs> billboard up on up in Cincinnati and the Reds pushed out their op-ed hired guns to write stories in the Inquirer about how great Bob Castellini is and how the fans are getting a little out of control and had it's, his it's just the little tiniest bit of criticism right realistically and they were so off put by it so like they were angry the household oh, there question them. and it was very much a lot of anger in that like don't question us how dare you question us that entitlement that sitting there and oh i agree know, it, it was the first legitimate criticism in their face like you can ignore you know if c trent writes something or uh the beat writers aren't gonna write anything because rob butcher keeps them in line but um outside of sea trend because he's with the athletic and he's protected, but it's the first in your face criticism that this, that the Castellinis and the ownership group has received. And like we said, they reacted very poorly to it. <laughs> they had their I mean, radio can, mouthpieces. Can I, can I, can I jump, jump in, here in real Doug. quick? Jump in Doug. Because that, that's not the first time they've received criticism. Well, because, I mean, I'm, I mean, we, we, we learned a few weeks ago that, Bob Castellini tried to get Hal McCoy fired from Fox yeah, Sports Ohio <laughs> yes. a couple of years ago You're because correct. he wrote about them tanking and not trying to win. So yes. we, we've, we've, we've seen evidence before, although we didn't really see it. We just learned about it a couple right. of weeks ago. I, <laughs> that's that's how they take criticism. They come for your job. I should I should have said that. I should have worded that a little better of public in your face. The Hal McCoy stuff happened 
behind closed doors, and we just found out the extent of it. So well, you are right. You are right. I mean, that, we, the, the criticism was public. Right. It was just the the end result or the attempted uh, retaliation was behind closed doors for a while. But you can't. Then uh, you'll notice when that when that came out, like the beat writers silence. Like I, you didn't see any from anybody they could still quote keep in line. With there's zero criticism of, well, when that happened. Well, Talk, and, attacking someone else in, in their position in their in their profession. Like Doug said, I, all they gotta do is threaten the credentials, and somebody might be out of a job. So. Um, I mean, they they can't really threaten the credentials for most people because if you're a, if you're a part of the Baseball Writers Association of America, that's I mean you can th- unless there's a grievance that gets settled because you totally screwed up, I, they can't really deny you. Now right, they can but, make it more difficult once you get in the building. Yeah. Um, but and, also, I mean, realistically, we've seen them. You know, hey, they literally try to go after your job. So I mean, are you really going to go? Let's let's just say they they do pull the right strings. Right. And you get fired from your job, yeah, you can still go cover the game, but you ain't making no money doing it because who's paying you to go write the story? Right. Carlos, jump in here with your thoughts from a player's perspective when ownership sticks their foot in their mouth multiple times in the same day. <laughs> I've never seen it before, so it's hard to <laughs> speak on it as a as a player, but as a fan who follows the team very closely, and you know, I had a conversation with with one of my buddies about, you know, about Chad and then putting up the sign. And we're like, well, they're not going to say anything. They're not going to address it. Like, I mean, the worst thing they could do is address it. So (laughs) we're talking about, we're, we're talking about, okay, so what are they really getting from this sign? Blah, blah, blah. We had different conversations, but they freaking addressed it. Like that's the worst thing that they could have done. Not only did they address it, it, like (laughs) they blew up. Somebody brings it up to them, just say, "Oh, whatever." I mean, you know, fans can do whatever they want, but hey, we understand their anger, and we day and go Reds. That's it. Right there, you could have literally. (laughs) There would have been no follow up. Absolutely, these guys won't ask those questions. There would have been no follow up. All you had to do was spout your cliches. (laughs) And be fine. <laughs> and we understand your frustration, and we're working on exactly to, you know, bring yeah. championship baseball to Cincinnati. Right, Done. like we love Over. the city. Blah blah blah. Our fans are special. Blah blah blah. You know every cliche you can think of. But instead, Phil Castellini became the story and outshadowed the game. What what year is this? Uh, is this of him being in this position? I think he became president. I want to say five or six years ago, something like that. Oh, okay. I um, thought it was more recent. Or maybe it was around the time when Dick Williams. It, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I think it was about. I'm checking the media guide right now. Just give me a second. Like Dick, Dick Williams, you know, he could talk. You know, he could. Dick Williams we, had a brain. We, didn't, we, didn't, we had no idea what ownership was uh, thinking when Dick Williams was after- in charge. After the 2007 season, he was oh, named so he's home. been for a while then, 15 hey. years. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Burmy, jump in here with your Phil Castellini takes. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we all decided where we're going. Does anybody know? Yeah. Where are you going to go? Yeah. Where are you guys going to go? I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go take a shit. <laughs> At Epcot. 
one of the Red Scouts today decided to die instead. Oh, dude, oh that uh, that god. fucking that fucking tweet I'm sorry. dope. I'm sorry. God. Oh my god. No. Um. I was th- I was thinking about this, and I was trying to put together under the Castellini regime, if you will. How many times have they actually tried to win? Where you can you can look at it and say, this uh, this off season you can justify at least to an extent trying to win. 2020, you know, obviously 12, the pandemic. 2012, yeah, 2012, 2013, 20, 2013, 2010, and then 2014, the team underperformed. Then starting in 2015 was the fire sale when they got rid of Cueto at the deadline. So for, you know, for five years, basically, they were, I mean, they were bad. They were awful in 2015, but not, you know, for anything other than really just that team was terrible. But 16 to 19, you know, whatever, 19, they got a little better. And then 2020, they actually tried to go for it. Moose was hot from his time in Milwaukee. They went out and signed Castellanos. You know, they were actually, you know, Sun, they acquired Sonny Gray in 2019. Like, they were actually putting together something. And it, it, it was different. You know, you actually had a feeling like, okay, maybe they're actually trying to go for it now. And then we get hit with the pandemic. So we only get 60 games in one of the two seasons we had Castellanos here. And then this offseason, essentially... You know, Sonny Gray was he was the player rep after Tucker was traded, correct? Yeah. Instantly traded for being a part of the negotiations against the Castellanis. Uh they make no effort to sign Castellanos. And you know, then um, you know, Amir Garrett comes out and supports, you know, Winker and Suarez on social media. They obviously traded Suarez to get rid of the salary and threw in Winker as the, you know, the uh, the value piece. And then, you know, Amir Garrett comes out and is like, you know, I, you know, I love these guys. You know, those are my boys. I'm going to miss them. Bam, he's a, he's a Kansas City Royal. So it just feels like anybody that spoke up about anything was traded. And for, and for Sonny, he did nothing other than, you know, his job as, as the team rep since Tucker was already gone. So, it, it, you know, it, it makes you wonder, you know, obviously I, everybody understands that they're, you know, that meme – you know, getting guys were cutting payroll. Phil Castellini sitting there in the car at the parade, but it just feels like they they tried, and now they're playing a "woe is us" card because it you know it didn't work out the way that they had intended to. And obviously, who saw the global pandemic happening when they went out and made those offseason moves? But basically, you know, Phil Castellini sitting here going, "Woe is me," and how dare you question what we what we just tried to do? When in reality, they had a very affordable team sitting right there that, you know, could have easily competed this season, you yeah, know, in, they, a, in, a, in a in a bad NL Central. All they had to do was keep the guys that they had under contract. Even if you didn't re-sign the Castellanos, you still would have had Jesse Winker. You still would have had Wade Miley and Sonny Gray in the rotation. I mean, just just those three make this team better, but... They decided to go with whatever strategy they, whatever they want to call it. The scorched earth policy? The dumbass policy. Um, That is not all that Phil Castellini said. He's been pushing two other narratives over the last week and a half, two weeks. One saying that the Reds lost $40 million during the pandemic. I don't buy that. Um, there's a multitude of reasons I don't buy that, but the main being, uh, all of the money from the national TV contracts, the local TV contracts, the local, 
uh, radio contract, then you factor in uh, advertising and endorsements and merchandise and revenue sharing. The Reds may have lost money. They didn't lose $40 million. He also said that they lost $2 million last year. Don't buy that because the aforementioned money plus ticket and concessions. Uh, obviously, at the beginning of the year, it was a little less because there were restrictions, but by the end of the year, it was full go. The other thing that really pissed me off, and I think pissed a lot of people off, is the narrative that the Reds are pushing that if the, if the Castellini sell, whoever's going to buy them is going to move the team. Doug, how many teams have moved in the last 50 years? One. One. And that was the Expos to Washington. Yeah. And let's also just not forget that there's two other things working against that. One, the Reds have a lease with Hamilton County through 2037. So yep. the earliest the team could move would be 16 years from now. And then, of course, there's also Modell's Law in the state of Ohio, which... <laughs> Thank you, know, you Art Modell. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very difficult to move a team from the state of Ohio, which the uh, Columbus crew found out uh, yep. a couple of years ago when they were trying to move to Austin, and then they decided, you know what? This lawsuit we're going to have to fight, and it, it, it's not going to be worth it for us. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that the new owner of the Reds is going to try and do that one either. And that, that all just ignores the fact that, you know, Major League Baseball probably isn't going to let them move anyways. Because why are you going to let a team move to a quote-unquote bigger city when the expansion fee is going to be a billion dollars? And Major League Baseball can't expand by one team. They'd have to expand by two teams. So basically every team in Major League Baseball would have to agree to let the Cincinnati Reds move to a new city or turn down about $100 million each. There is no way on the planet no. Earth that they're going to turn down $100 million each so the Cincinnati Reds can move to Nashville or Charlotte. You're out of your freaking mind, people. And the other thing with the narrative of you need to keep the Castellinis in charge because they're local. Uh, Doug, I'll, I'll ask you this question. The owner of the St. Louis Cardinals is Bill DeWitt Jr. Where does he live? Uh, the, the same city that Bob Castellini, former partial owner of the St. Louis Cardinals and Baltimore Orioles, lives? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. Indian Hill, to be precise. The hypocrisy is just infuriating. Yeah, but that's what sports teams do. They've been threatening to leave cities for the last 80 years, unless they get exactly what they want. The Bengals did it successfully, threatened to leave, and got a new stadium and got the Reds a new stadium paid for by the taxpayers of Hamilton County. This is why I live in Kentucky. Uh, woo. <laughs> yeah, that and no, I'm, I'm going to be nice. Never mind. <laughs> woo. Um, Come on. <laughs> your thoughts on the empty threats of move, moving the team. I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Um, Desperation. I mean, it, like we talked about criticism at the beginning and how, okay, they've kind of been criticized in the past. I think this criticism was public beyond their sphere of control, right? It was a public billboard that made the news. And they are just, they're reacting like a kid almost. Like, how dare you? And it's a I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it is. Um, 
it's I mean, obviously it's a false threat, but they're, they're 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 again they're playing on the idea that the fans will be stupid, in essence, or are dumb, or are just going to listen to what they say and never ever question anything. You know, you hear it time and again when they talk. You know, you talked about how much money they said they lost, and then they threw out that forty million, and then oh maybe that stirred up some talks. Okay, we got to throw out a number. Maybe it's more realistic. So we're going to say two million this time. Um, Ish. <laughs> It, it just, it's, I don't know. It is what it is, and it, it's infuriating and aggravating. And you look at this team this year and what the payroll was, and they talk about have a little faith, have a little faith. When it, it's like every eight, you know, 18 months to two years, the plan changes because the ownership gets involved. Oh, the plan changed one within a month this year. <laughs> I, yes, I know, right? Like you look at the payroll last year, payroll is what? Fangrass says 131 million last year. It's 109 this year. But if you take like the 16 mil of Castellanos out off the books, you have a difference of six million. He wasn't coming back no matter what. Six million, and you took a team that was would have been in the playoffs if they had the format last year that you know we have this year. That is really close to you know would it be a playoff team, playoff caliber team, and you could have just kept those players and had. A vastly superior team for six million dollars, and you want to complain about, let's say you lost two million last year, and you're going to put a crappier product on the field, and then you're going to complain because the fans don't show up and they can't make money. It's all just to put it on the fans, and they love to blame the fans when, don't question us, you're a bad fan. I mean, right. you hear it and see it all the time, and it, it's just the same old broken record and. And until people turn off and don't go, I even then, you know, it's tough for the fans to have an influence. Um, but you, you know, you can watch other teams. Like, if there's anything Major League Baseball has done is if you if you're a Cincinnati Reds fan that lives in Cincinnati, if you want to watch an AL team, you're going to have a much easier time doing that than you are going to be watching Cincinnati Reds. Oh, it's not Just fire the... up MLB doc, MLB TV and enjoy every game. It's not the seventies anymore where. You got yeah. to watch like fifty of your team's games, and otherwise you had to either go to the ballpark or uh, hope to find a radio signal from, say, Chicago or something to hear one of their games. Yeah. It's a lot different now with the internet and uh, streaming and all the packages, the the MLB packages you can buy. You can be a fan of, you know, let's say Carlos say he's a fan of the Padres. He can watch pretty much all their games from his house without you know, having to worry about, I mean, he's a Reds fan in Texas. <laughs> yeah. I don't live in market, but I mean, even in market, it's like, yeah, baseball has gone out of its way to make it easier for you to transition to another club to root for. Like, and, and I understand people like, Oh, I like to go to the baseball games and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you, you just consciously understand what you're doing. You're supporting them, not trying to win. And that's the thing, right? I don't expect them to to win a championship every year or anything like that, but I expect them to try to put a good product on the field and try or, or to be making moves that are going to pay off at some point in time. Like this not, never-ending obsession with, oh, look at these prospects we got. This is the third round we're going to be going through with this. And what have they gotten to show for it? I think fans would be okay. I can't, under- I can't understand how, how some fans are like – can be positive through it because how many times do they got to pull, you know, the cover over your head? Like, yeah, 
what, where, why should we believe you? Why? What have you done? The fans what have you just... said publicly for us to believe you? Everything that you said this entire offseason has done nothing but piss everybody off. Yep. So on the day, on opening day, you decide to do this. Why should we listen to you? Are you out of your, I mean, how out of touch can one person be with what the hell's going on? He, Phil Castellini was just, I asked the question on Twitter, was he high? Because that's the only explanation I could get. Did he go do some lines before he went on the radio? And I asked that rhetorically because, you know, allegedly, let's throw that in there so I don't get sued. But there's no other rational explanation for basically lecturing the fans on opening day. There's, I'm sure there is. You, you, the you just, I'm sorry. Ahead. The part that pissed me off the most was whenever that kid was asking him the follow up question. And, you know, Lou talked about how he was act like he didn't know what he was talking about. I think that he did know what he was talking about. And he was just like, well, you're going to have to be more specific. Like that right there at that mm-hmm. moment, what I was the most pissed off about anything. Else. Like that was pure. Like, arrogance. I wanted to punch him right in the fucking face. Yeah. Are you kidding me with that? That was pure. Just arrogance. because you're, you know, 12 inches taller than this guy and you think you're smarter than this guy. Like treat him with some respect. Are you kidding me? If that was, you know, Bob Costas asking him that question. You think he'd ask, ask him that? No. No, it was just local TV guy thought he could intimidate him. Like, how dare you question me? And it was just pure arrogance. I mean, you know, I was hold on. Let me let me yeah, pop go in ahead, with this real quick. Um, you know, Mo Egger, who asked the question on the radio earlier in the day, um, he was hosting a show a little bit later with Tony Pike. And he brought up the fact that, you know, after that interview was over, you know, Phil Castellini told Mo that he thought things went well. Like, at the time, he had no idea what he had just said would be taken as, as anything but good. And then, you know. Oh, shit, I didn't know so, that part. <laughs> so, you know, even when Brandon Seho of Channel 5, WLWT here in Cincinnati, asked that follow-up question on TV, you know, an hour and a half later, you know, I, it, it's certainly possible that Phil Castellini still hadn't heard from anybody going, hey, man, um, people were really upset about what you said. That so, makes me wonder. I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like that somebody yeah. should have said that to him in that time frame there. But, I mean, it's possible that they didn't. I mean, he's Phil Castellini. He's the he, president he of the team. Just been able to, he might have been able to just kind of go do his thing and keep everybody away from him. That makes he me... probably doesn't have too many people that are, like, looking out for him. Like, hey, buddy. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. People that work for him, they're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> it makes me wonder, are other ideas within the Reds shot down by Phil? And so when he did that, people were either, like Carlos was saying, fuck that guy, or afraid to say something to him because of maybe he's shown his temper to his employees. That's what That's what it seemed like to me is that he stuck his foot in his mouth. He doubled down. And the reason it took till nine o'clock at night for him to issue his fake apology was because nobody wanted to poke the bear. Burmy. Could you imagine having friends like that that didn't fucking give you a heads up? That just tells you how, how cool of a guy he is. Tells me he doesn't have friends that he doesn't pay for. Yeah. <laughs> it shows. Burmy, jump in here. 
There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my my biggest thing about the entire day was the fact that he just he was just like, oh, people are upset about this. You know what I mean? Like he was like, oh, I thought it went well. That statement says all you need to know. Just 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 to reiterate that point. That's oh, yeah. all you need. That's all you need to know. Rob Butcher is running around as the minister of propaganda, telling <laughs> telling nobody. Yeah, he, exactly. He's Joseph Goebbels just running around. Don't you say a thing. If you value your job, How? don't you say a thing. That's the fucked up part. It's like Mo just laughs because Mo doesn't have anything he could say. <laughs> well, Mo's I, like, uh, is someone going to ask the players? Is That's... someone going to ask like like Joey or? Well, Carlos, I don't know, I David gonna, Bell, somebody about it? Carlos, I was going to ask you if you mm-hmm. had any insight on that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> if I did, I wouldn't share it. I know, I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, the play, I'm, and I can't speak for the players, obviously, but if I was in that situation, I would be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But the players have spoken, at least the ones that kind of left. Nick Casiano, you know, we've heard loud and clear from multiple players. Oh yeah, I'm talking season. about the current guys because right. that'll. Oh no, no, I understand, I understand, but you know, for some people, like, why didn't they say this when they were there? I'm like, well, you you're know, an employee. You're an employee. I mean, <laughs> would you do that at your job? Right. <laughs> Fuck on. You know. Just... I don't know. I feel like us saying that at our job is a little bit different than the True. players saying that. I mean, well, or no, gonna, I, I agree. Like, like they're not like, going to fire. Vado has some leg to do that perhaps, but there's yeah, few and far know. between. I would assume that have Colin, that ability. Colin Moran can't say anything. Correct. But, yeah. What about Kyle Jonathan Farmer? India can say what he wants. What about Kyle <laughs> like, Farmer though? Kyle Farmer could probably get away with saying whatever he wants. <laughs> he should. Well, maybe what not you, whatever what he wants, but he could have spoken Moran, on that. Colin Moran, the Reds DH tonight. Batting ninth. Uh, yeah. Batting ninth. With that or the big orange beard that you all love so much, I don't Colin know. Moran. According to some of my coworkers who are female, Jake Fraley is the hot one now. It's because it's because he's a brother in locks. All hot men have long hair. It's a fact. That explains a lot about my dating life. So you're saying Phil with his long hair, uh, Phil Razor, obviously. Um, well, he's hot. Let me let, let me revise. Men under men under forty, the hottest men have long hair. <laughs> Shout out to Phil. Um, <laughs> oh, I, you know what? He heals I, this in the morning. I forgot. I yeah. forgot to shout out Ram at the beginning of this because it's been a while since I've been on. Uh, shout out to Ram. Shout out to Ram at on Ram. Uh, I definitely want to give another shout out to Chad Dotson and the Riverfront and his brother um, and all the people there. Nate. Nate. Uh, yeah. Thank you for you know that slip in my mind. Um, but that billboard had the effect that it needed to have because calling into sports talk shows, what people have done, sending random tweets posted on Facebook. None of that ever from a fan perspective got to the Castellinis. It wasn't until that billboard was staring them in the face as they were driving to the stadium every day that all of a sudden this blew up. So shout out to Chad in the riverfront. Shout out to Doug. Doug, that's know. that. Doug, that's where you jump in. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know. But let, let's 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 talk about this for a second. You know, when Mo asked that question, he didn't mention anything about a billboard or selling the team. No. So you you know that that was really getting to him. Like he, Bill Cassidy brought that up all on his own. He was not asked about that at all. He was just asked about why would, like, why should someone have faith in you guys, given that you've basically not done anything. 
to bring a winner to Cincinnati like you said you would. Well, an hour or two I think, later. Uh, I think Redlegs uh, Nation should get the second billboard going. Well, I was thinking that we could do one of those plane banners that flies over the stadium. <laughs> um, we might have to price that you're out. Not a, you're I, not in charge I, I was going to say, Coop. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that, too, Coop. I was like, we should fly a plane over the stadium. Well, you know, During a with, nationally with a televised message. game. But sell the team, yeah. Bob. And then Look, a, all I'm hashtag, saying is Red Lake Nation so, has a writer on staff whose husband flies planes for a living. I'm just saying. Oh, really? Does yeah. he do the little banners? I don't know, but we, we might need to find out. Hey, Doug, <laughs> that's your job. Find that out. We'll get we'll get hashtag on hashtag Brooke bitch Bob. Um, but um, about an hour or two after that interview with Mo, uh, noted shithead Bill Cunningham from WLW uh, had a pre-taped noted shithead. He's a noted I'm shithead. fucking dying. Um, no, I know it's just the the way you said it's just like so matter of fact, like. You know, like COO Phil Castle, it's like noted shit, noted shithead. Sorry, it's true. I found that fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> but he had a pre-taped quasi interview with Bob Castellini, and he's the one. Bill Cunningham's the one who brought up. I think the quote was that idiots that put up the billboard. So, this is something that the Castellinis have been discussing with their pals in the media and their pals probably that they pay for. It's just unbelievable that a billboard did all of this. It's what, outside their control. Right. And influence, right? That's why it gets at them so much. It's it's not the thing they can easily ignore. It's on the road. People are seeing it. It's It made the news as much as it can make the news in Cincinnati, I guess. But it wasn't something that they could do their normal thing against. And, and, that, and that just left them feeling pow- probably a little powerless in, the, in terms of how they typically feel. And they're, you know, just ate at them. They, well, had, they had to say something about it. Well, now what they've done is empowered the fans to do more. Well, because... you got to remember, I mean, Chad's talked about it a few times. The first billboard company they went to told them that they wouldn't run it because they didn't want to upset the Reds. Yeah. Like, what kind of influence do the Castellinis have around town? That they would, in, this mean, town, in this town they, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got the Inquirer to shut down a domestic violence true. report online for their for their eldest son and yeah daughter in law. If you don't know what I we mean, was talking about, his uh, Bob Castle and his other failed son, uh, we'll call him uh, Eric Trump. Um, he was arrested for domestic violence. The and, Inquirer, his, and his, and his wife. Yes. Yes. It was a, yeah. And his wife. It was like uh, both of them going at it kind of thing fighting in front of their children that's my understanding based upon the very classy but um the inquirer put a story out because it's public record when somebody gets arrested that story lasted not even an hour before it was pulled and when it was pulled there was no mention of it ever again from the inquirer now i happen to have the mug shots from channel 12 but still um the it was rob it was rob butcher I don't even Minister think propaganda strikes. Yeah, and the, the I don't even think it was, it was in public public interest, right? But then you compare it to other like stories they've ran, and it's like oh, any it's other son of a any other person who gets arrested family a, runs part of the business, right? I don't even think that was Rob Butcher. I think that came from Bob, that he knew who to contact and said, "Kill it now," and they did. I don't. I won't even blame that one on Rob Butcher. I mean, he 
Might oh be. no, I was just I was just kidding. Oh, I know. Carlos, your thoughts on the Castellinis? <laughs> I don't really have thoughts about them. Whatever. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about this for the whole hour, but why don't we talk about some? Let's other talk things. about Jake Fraley batting third tonight, babe. Jake Fraley, who <laughs> everybody, when that trade was made, was like, eh, "This is kind of a throw-in." Is he? Is he one of the best players on the team now? <laughs> Outside the of Reds, Joey? the Reds are going to have a hello vote darkness, Jake. my old friend. In six weeks, vote Jake Fraley for All Star. Good night. <laughs> um, but how, how many wins are they going to have this month? Eight. Uh, six. I don't That's think they're going to win a single game against the Dodgers. They're avoiding Kershaw, though. Oh, remember, they're they're sweeping them. I I went to the Silver Fox. I sacrificed it's, my liver. It's like I, it's, I, cup, it's <laughs> happening. It's happening. What was uh what was on tap of the Silver Fox tonight? Hashtag Silver Fox. Oh, that was yesterday, but it was just Cold Lone Star Life and Jameson. There you mm. go, my guy. There's not there's nothing better than a hole in a wall bar. By the way, there's nothing better. Popcorn, absolutely. Ceiling, Christmas lights, cigarettes in the vending machine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nothing better. Oh my God, cigarettes in the vending machine. Fuck. Along with phone chargers. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Carlos, tonight there's going to be an opener with Luis Sessa. Did you ever do that, whether in the minors or with the Padres, be an opener? Uh, we did like a piggyback system whenever I was the first year. Um, me and the second round pick, Thomas Pauly. Shout out Thomas Pauly, heck of a poker player. Way better at poker than at pitching. Hey, I remember <laughs> that name. Um, but yeah, we, we he'd throw forty five pitches, and I'd throw forty five pitches. Next time out, I'd throw forty five pitches. He'd throw forty five pitches. They did that a, a, um quite a, quite often back then, but not whenever games mattered. We didn't do that. Well, I mean, the Rays have used openers in the past. Usually it's like the opener is either a lefty and then the next starter that comes in, the starter that comes in is like a righty, but they're not doing that tonight. It's, and the Dodgers don't really switch change. There's been a change, you know, in terms of who you can call, how many times a player can be sent up and down this season. So right. That in terms of how the Rays have done it in the past, even. Yeah. But I don't even feel like it's a, like a righty lefty matchup. I feel like it's like, you know, San Martin's going to be a bullpen guy here pretty quick. Probably. So, you know what? This is a bullpen day, basically. Then Martin might throw three or four. Yeah, and I know that uh, one of the rationales for an opener is that once the quote-unquote starter comes in, they don't have to face the lineup three times and get deeper in the game. But with the Dodgers lineup, the Dodgers don't really change their lineup from lefty-righty. Their lineup's pretty much set. So it's not, like you said, it's not really a matchup thing. I think it's just more of a yeah, you don't you don't play matchups with all stars, and they've got nine of them. <laughs> right. So they're like, whatever, righty, lefty, Amadeus. We don't give a fuck. Who, who's the Dodgers, Fraley? We, we just gotta we gotta line those two points. Um. Oh God, first third base with Turner. There you go, yeah. Cody Ballinger. Cody Ballinger. <laughs> I would say Turner's got the long hair though and the beard. That's true. 
Yeah, Justin I, I Turner, think we got to move away from on-field ability and go more to physical characteristics. I think that's the smart uh, play there. It's a, it's a good point. Well, the Dodgers don't have a Jake Fraley because they're all good. Um, Doug. Yes. Jump in. <laughs> is there a question here? Or? No, I just want you no, to No, Doug, the floor is open, buddy. We're talking about openers. Oh. I, I don't know. This, yeah, the Dodgers just seem like a bad team to try and go with the opener on, but... Yeah, whatever. They 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 know more than I do. I I struggle to figure it out. Um, the, the Dodgers have four lefties and five righties in their lineup, and they're all good, and they're pretty much spaced out evenly. So, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe somebody's got reverse splits in there somehow that I just I I didn't do all the research on because it's not. I mean, it's not really my job to do that. But do I don't know. Bench, this, Doug. What's that? Who do we have on the bench? Like, why is Aquino starting against a right-handed pitcher? Oh, well, let, 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 that's that's kind of the weird that. thing with with Jake Fraley too. Like, he's like, first off, why is why is Nick Senzel not playing right now? They say he's, he's healthy. Say he's not because he's hurt. Like, hurt. Same thing with going on because this is now two days in a row he's off, and he's easily the best center fielder on the team. Heck, he might be the only center fielder on the team, and. <laughs> Best third baseman playing. What do you mean? Oh, come on. Like, like Kyle, Kyle Farmer's, Farmer's there. Come center on, field. Give me a break, dog. Yeah, I, I will give you a break. You're wrong, but I'll, I'll give you a yeah, break so on it. Your mouth. Watch your mouth about Kyle Farmer, Doug. Uh, <laughs> look, all I'm saying is Kyle Farmer better stay healthy because I don't even want to imagine mm-hmm. somebody else playing shortstop right now. Uh, Drury <laughs> would play shortstop. Moose is, Moose is looking nice and limber. Yeah. I hate all of you. <laughs> Boustakis missed oh. a pitch by 18 inches the other day, and I'm not even exaggerating. The ball was Short in the spring. dirt. He's gonna get. He's gonna get his time. Don't worry. It's all good. It's the all ball good. was in the dirt, and he swung at it like it was at his belt. Moose has been the biggest bust of all the free agents of the last 10 years. I'm sorry. I thought it was gonna be amazing. Ooh, that's a good. That, that's a good uh, topic of discussion, though, Coop. Who was the la- worst free agent of the last 10 years? Well, they've only signed like three of them, yeah, so, so. for real. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, a short list to go down. I mean, fucking point, Dale. The hits, I mean, they hit on Castellanos. Like Woo, did you just disappear? No, no, I go didn't. Ahead. I was letting you speak. That's, oh. No, I just, like, I don't, like, people want to hit that, right? Like, oh, that's it's a mess. And I, I always contended, like, you were paying for the year one. Like, that 20, that first season is what you, you were hoping you were going to get high in quality play from him for that first year and whatever came after came after. That was how I viewed that that deal. But if you want the Reds to engage the free free agent market, like for real, they're gonna be misses. And you have to be willing to accept that. If it's only gonna be you gotta hit every time, then they're gonna they're gonna be scared and just not engage. And I don't know. I just I, I want the team to go out and I know they're not going to because they've really only done it that one year. Uh, for, for realistically, um, you know, you want them to go out and do it. So you, you can't burn them at the stake because they have a miss. The idea is you want to minimize those misses, have few of them, obviously. But, uh, you know, it, I, I, I don't I don't mind it because it was a plan. They were trying to do it. They're trying to make the team. They're trying to go for it. And I'll take that over, you over, know, 20. Yeah. No. You know, pointless has-beens they'll sign over the next five years you know the the key there is they were trying i mean guys we're we're not even talking about scott feldman 2017 opening day starter come on guys i mean 
they they really go after it, you know. I mean, if we're gonna play that game, then the answer is Alfredo Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. he's that was a miss from the day they signed him. I mean, he was. I mean, I remember the, the day he signed. And he was the shortstop they signed out of. Was Cuba. it Cuba? Cuba, yeah, for six million, and which actually was twelve million because because of the penalties. Yeah, and they they blew their entire international budget on it and ended up having to pay extra on Vladimir Gutierrez. This was 2016. And I remember everybody said that this guy was not going to hit from the day they signed him. He played in Cuba. Now, he was, you know, gold glove shortstop in Cuba, but his OPS was like 515 in Cuba. And everybody was like, well, yeah, this can't hit at all. Like, no one thinks he can hit, and the Reds gave him – seven million dollars and then every player they signed on the international market after that they had to pay twice as much because of the way that the the penalties were set up so they paid 10 million dollars for jose well jose garcia at the time jose barrero now um even though you know he only got five million of that so baseball is really weird that way and then they paid 4.75 million for vladimir gutierrez and then paid another 4.75 million dollars to the MLB Central Fund. I want to know where that money goes to, by the way. They've never specified that, even though they got like $300 million in penalties from teams that one year. Um, and then they're just like, yeah, we're just going to use this for other things. And it's money that teams were willing to pay to sign players, and the players didn't get any of it. And it's just incredibly frustrating, and I wish that somebody yeah, about it. Yeah. So... Um... Yeah, but nonetheless, they, they released Alfredo Rodriguez in spring this year. Yeah. They made it to the majors. Uh, turned out to be kind of exactly what everybody thought. A really guy, a really good glove guy who had no ability to hit the ball out of the infield. Did he sign anywhere after he was released? Do nope. You know? or, well, I, I can check right now, but as of like last week, he hadn't because I, I kept looking. Doug, do you think there's any chance Matt McClain would make a debut this year? I mean, I think there's a chance, but it's probably small. It takes several what would injuries. It take? I mean, injuries. Yeah, I mean, Barrero is going to be back playing probably in two weeks. Now, he's probably not going to be in the majors in two weeks, but he'll begin his quote-unquote rehab stint in AAA or AA in two weeks. Um, and if if he's there, you're probably not going to need to call up Matt McClain this year. I mean, he has some experience in center field, and you know, he can play second base, third base, shortstop, but you've got depth there. Um, and so I, I just... I, I don't think that they'd rush him unless he just absolutely goes out of his mind and there's injuries somewhere else. He's had a good start. So. Yeah, and he got robbed out of double the other day. So that was fun. Late breaking, uh, Sam LaCure gave his uh, keys to the game. They were adapt, take it in, and stay afloat. Surprised it wasn't adapt, redapt, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, if we man. thought what Tom Brennan said was bad, <laughs> oh, if I had a recorder, really? Got some, some scoop. I've heard some stories, but we we won't talk about that. Hey, why don't we go to some listener questions? <laughs> now that we've let who's listening? Tens of people, Carlos. Tens of people. Hi, mom. Um, it's all right, Marty. Nobody's listening, anyways. <laughs> Um, so I asked people to respond using the hashtag, where are you going to go or why W Y G G. 
Uh, first question comes from the Reds Hut Corner. He says, if not for the Reds, where would you go? Well, going straight to hell. Um, Burma, you actually had a question. And I think we kind of answered it. How long would it take Major League Baseball to reject a relocation request of the Reds? Uh, I think it would take them a week because they'd have to get all the owners together to reject it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you know. It's funny because was it Doug earlier that said Nashville or Charlotte? Do the Braves have any say in that? Because I know in other sports, like for instance, I know – Milwaukee, you know, they wanted an NHL team forever, but the Blackhawks basically have a 100-mile radius rule as an original six team that nobody's allowed within a 100-mile radius of them, and Milwaukee falls in that. Well, the Orioles threw a stink about the Nets coming to Washington, too. So, so yes and no. Okay. Um, There there is a mileage limit, and I don't know exactly how far it is, um, but because those teams already exist— uh, I'm going to say that the Rays would have no control over that. Like, 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 for example, the Dayton Dragon, they're too close to Cincinnati, so Cincinnati kind of has to say, yeah, you can exist. And it's one of the reasons why the Dayton Dragons will never be an affiliate of another Major League Baseball team, because the Reds control all of their rights. Uh, and so they're not, there's no way they would let some other team be an affiliate there, because why would you, for example, why would you let the Cubs go there and then people in Dayton go to Dayton Dragons games, they become attached to the Cubs players, and then when they become Cubs, they be, they follow those guys. So they're, they're never going to allow something like that. Um, and so I, I'm sure that it's similar in Atlanta. They're just too far away. I mean, it, it's, it's not really that far. Um, I, I, it might be something – I think it might even be less than 50 miles. Um, okay. It's, it, it's, not, it's not a very wide range. I you got to th- that. You got to think that Vegas will be a team at some point, right? If they ever expand to 32 like every other league, because the NBA will do it too, and the NBA will put a team. NBA will be in Vegas. No problem. MLB will be in Vegas. Well, here's the issue right now because the Oakland Athletics are trying to at least play Las Vegas off of Oakland to try and get Oakland to give them what they want. Um, And it seems that, you know, right now Oakland claims that they they have five sites in Vegas that they want to look at for a possible new stadium. And they're kind of getting some pushback from the government there about just how much money the government's going to give them for a stadium. Because uh, I, one of the guys I was reading about the other day, one of the uh, the councilmen was like, yeah, well, you know, we, we just built that football stadium and they were here first. And, you know, they they got they got our money. They got our you know, our tax hike on the uh, the hotel rooms. Their their stadium, we built it with the idea that we can bring in all these other events a new stadium is not going to do that for us. So it doesn't make sense for us to give nearly as much money to any other sport building a new stadium. Shout out uh, to Buffalo so, for building the Bills a new stadium, by the way. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so that that's going to be uh, a struggle for a team going to Oakland because that, that's what these are. That's what, that's why you move anyways, uh, is to try and get a new stadium. Um, and it's not just the stadium either. You know, it, the days of just building a stadium for a team are over. Now teams want a stadium and they want a sweetheart land deal so they can develop, you know, condos and business parks so that they can have all of this other revenue coming in that is in no way tied at all to the sport. Um, and that's that's kind of what is so messed up about baseball now is that's what's happened. And teams don't have to win baseball games anymore to make a bunch of money being baseball team owners. Shout out to Bob Nutting. Could you, imagine, could you imagine that baseball stadium in Vegas? 
They oh could like God. maybe incorporate kind of kind of like the Blue Jays where you have the hotel attached to it. Oh yeah, those rooms go for however many thousands of dollars. You could be pulling the slots and watching you got baseball. Sports bet, sports betting everywhere. <laughs> Carlos, you want to go download the app and we could just sit there and live bet on the game from Hell our yes. seats. <laughs> that would be like nuts. the only ones cheering for a a two zero base hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what we're 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 literally betting on the outcome of every at bat. Yeah, like the guy goes to pick off the runner at first, and you guys are losing your minds because you had the prop bet on, you know that that would happen. People are looking at you like you're nuts, and you're just like, "Yeah, I just won five hundred dollars. What?" Yeah. It would have the to be Las a dome Vegas, in Vegas. The though. Las Vegas A's made one million dollars on a Wednesday. <laughs> well, they got to move a team to Vegas or put a team in Vegas just so we can get all the steaming hot Pete Rose takes. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Happy that's birthday. Where the go. Another Where are you going to go? We're going to Vegas. Today is uh, 81st birthday of Pete Rose, and uh, he can still go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is probably going to be mainly a Doug question. This is from at Reds and Wildcats, and he's asking about a bunch of minor leaguers. So, Doug, you ready? Sure. Ivan Johnson. Strap it on, Doug. <laughs> yeah, strap it. <laughs> well, when when usually when Doug straps it on, Phil. Bends no. Over. No. no. <laughs> but no. <laughs> but seriously, breaking he, news. Yeah, breaking. Um. So he asked a bunch of about a bunch of minor leaguers. The first one was Ivan Johnson. Have you heard anything about him? No, I have not. He he's on my list of players to ask about. I'm I'm assuming he's injured, but again, that's just an assumption. Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense that he would not be on a team right now if he weren't injured because, I mean, he played it in high A last year, yeah. and now he's back in Arizona for some reason. Um, yeah, he, he's got to be hurt. I don't know what it is. Um, hopefully I'll find out soon. I've got I've got a list of players to ask about uh, next time I talk with someone with the Reds. Okay. Uh, Daniel Velogian. Uh He had the same injury that Jose Barrero had, uh, made injury. Um, so he, he's injured. He'll be out for a little bit, but probably not be uh, out for too long. Tyler Callahan. Yeah, that, that's a weird one because he was playing the last week of spring training. Uh, I, I saw that he had homered in a game. Uh, and so I, I don't know if he just was not ready to play yet. He had Tommy John surgery last year uh, in the middle of the year. <sighs> Position players typically come back from that. In less time, you know, I've seen some guys come back in, in six months, um, and he had his, I want to say he had his in July, so he, in theory, could be ready, but may, maybe there was some sort of setback and he just wasn't ready to come out and play every day, or maybe something happened, you know, at the, at the very end of spring training. Again, he's the guy that's on my list. Uh, I do know that he was playing as of a couple of weeks ago. Jackson Miller. Say that last, say that again. Jackson Miller. Jackson Miller. Okay, that's not what it sounded like to me, but uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, another guy that's on my list. Don't know. I didn't hear anything about him during spring training. Maybe his name just didn't come up. Um, but it, it's possible he's he's injured. He's been he's been hurt a lot since the Reds drafted him. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll, I'll hear something about him in the next week. And then he also asked about Michael Ciani. Uh, he's on fire right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's tearing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, let me let me pull up the Chattanooga box score here real quick and see what he's doing tonight. Of course, it also if you know the Chattanooga person running their social media could spell his name right. And of course, Siani's not in the lineup tonight. But uh, of course, 
Yeah. Um, yesterday was the first day that he had gone without getting on base all season. You know, he's he's one of those guys that you know he's very well very well known for his defense and his speed, um, but hasn't really hit much. And he's tearing the cover off the ball right now. Now, obviously, small sample size. He played like five games, um, but ho- hopefully, he uh, is starting to put it together. Because if if he can hit it all, he's a starter. Oh the yeah. Problem is he, he he hasn't hit it all, but that defense that defense is real. Um, he's just he's he's got to be able to hit better. Now the next question is for everybody, and I'm going to go first. <laughs> This comes from Greg Borchers. Shout out to Greg. Hashtag, uh, where are you going to go? Which TV or movie rich boy villain does Phil Castellini remind you the most of? I'm going to go first and say he reminds me of Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Nobody knows that? I was laughing. I was on mute. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, my gosh. He's, oh, that's good. That's good. I don't know if I can unsee that now. My mom wouldn't let me watch Pee Wee Herman because she knew something was wrong with him. Well, I mean, he did whack it in a movie theater, but um, I think it was a it was adult, so it was fine. Uh, but <laughs> no, no, it was not. <laughs> I know. I was just kidding. Uh, but no, if you've not seen, oh, Coop's out here endorsing public <laughs> masturbation now. Hey, I don't. Interesting. I don't kink Interesting shame. Take. I don't kink shame. Interesting take. Um, but I can't believe Doug's the only one who's seen Big Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Woo! You've had I seen see. that. Oh. He gone. No. No. My no. God. No comment. At least no. that movie is freaking hilarious. But anyway, he's Francis from that movie. If you've ever seen it, the people, the tens of people who are listening, if maybe five of you have seen it, you'll know what that means. Uh, Carlos, your turn. Maybe like the <laughs> the head coach from um, Waterboy. The guy who's so, <laughs> he's just like he's so pompous and like kiss the ring like that guy. Oh like, yeah, the, the other team's coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was played? Red, Red Boy, you. Who was yeah. played by Jerry Reed? <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. I know Jerry Reed from uh, again. I'm going to date myself. Um, Smokey and the Bandit, you know, since I only like old movies, apparently. Well, you like a bunch of music from 1986, you might as well like a bunch of movies from back then, too. Shout out to Metallica and Slayer. Um, Barmy, what movie or TV villain does Phil Castellini remind you of? Man, he's he's the uh, the owner in The Natural. That's a good one. yeah, he's the owner of the natural. He he wants the team to fail so he can buy his shares back from Bob. The you natural know, is an older movie too. Well, baseball movies I've seen them all. Like Bull Durham is my favorite baseball movie, and it's from the eighties. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, my statement earlier about movies is generally reserved for anything uh, other than baseball. Th- yeah, things outside of sports movies. Yeah, oh, I or, or 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 war movies. I've seen oh, all, most true. of those too. But but yeah, like that kind of who. Who he reminds me of is just you know going out there and just you know play ball or get the fuck out kind of mentality. Doug, other than Francis. Oh my gosh, I muted myself <laughs> thinking I was muted, so I went to turn it on so I could talk, and then just ended up muting myself. Uh, the 1960s version of the television show Batman, the Joker. Oh yeah. Slick yes. back hair and just that red jacket. That it was yeah. 
Um, quick rest in peace to Gilbert Godfrey, who had a very good joke that he told about the guy who played the Joker. Um, look that up on YouTube if you want to see it. It's it involves orange slices and it's really funny. Um, but is yeah, he, that, is, he, is he Patrick Bateman? No, I forget his name. It this is from like the sixties. I don't know. I don't feel like looking. No, I, I, I just meant is Phil Castellini. Patrick oh, Bateman? okay. From which movie though? <laughs> um. Oh, fuck me, Ronnie. I can't think of the title of it right now. It's 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 Christian Bale. Oh my God! Why can't I think? American Psycho. Thank you. Oh, God, I okay. Was bl- I was blanking on like an idiot. Yes, American Psycho. That's that's Phil Castellini. <laughs> Comparing their uh, uh, business cards. Exactly. I bet Phil's really proud of his business cards. Uh, Woo, did you go? I, I did not, no. Um, I'm going to say he's a cross between uh, Bobby Newport, no, sorry, Bobby Newport from Bobby Parks and Rec. And, yes, and uh, Job Bluth from Arrested Development. Bobby Newport's it's a good Nice one. little blend. Yeah, nice little blend of those two characters. Uh, Tower and Aikman just flew out. And bringing Fraley up. Walker Brewer is one of my favorite guys to watch pitch. He's so old school. He's so old school. He's from Lexington. I love it. Shout out to Lexington. Um, Lexington, Texas? Lexington, Kentucky. Come on, Carlos. Lexington, Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jake Fraley, here we go. Oh, got to at least stay on for this, A.B., yeah. Please hit a homer. He didn't like that call. Strike at the knees. Dang it, you're, you're three you're seconds way, ahead of me. I was going to say, you're way ahead of me. He hasn't even seen the pitch yet. Oh, he saw. He took it. And, oh, we almost got hit by that one. Spun out of there. Oh, I'm about to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a couple more questions. Hold on. Um, Jared uh, Jernigan asks, uh, what's the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> 69 um, that's now there's another old movie podcast. that's another old movie reference right there um, shout out to the, uh, Monty Python uh, Chris Austin asks uh, where does Phil get his blow from asking for a me <laughs> hashtag <where you> go. <laughs> from the local cops <laughs> now oh my god ask for me, priceless. No, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but Cincinnati is known as a uh, is a stop on a uh, certain highway of nose candy. So I'm sure it's pretty easy for him being rich. Shout to nose candy. Oh, somebody uh, respond. Oh, Greg. <laughs> Greg Borchers uh, responded to his uh, villain. He's Ellis from Die Hard. That's another good one. Because if you've never seen Die Hard again, it's another 80s movie. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Ellis is my favorite Christmas movie. Yes, it's a Christmas movie. Thank you, Carlos. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You're Happens at Christmas at no, Christmas party. Mouth. Shut the fuck up. Um, oh, I'll fight you both. My favorite secondary character of all time in any movie is Ellis from Die Hard. And he fits perfectly. Phil Castellini. Coked up, arrogant. Thinks he can talk his way out of everything. And, I mean, Phil Castellini's probably not going to get shot. 
but still. Mr. Saturday Night asked, what would Joey Votto do? Yeah. I think Whatever he wants? Yeah. What about score prediction for tonight? Okay. Yeah, let's just stop there. Uh, I'm going to say... A lot to a little? Who's favorite? I'm not going to say it because you're going to get mad at me. Walker Bueller's on the mound, man. Come on. So is Luisa. So is Lisa, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. <Yeah. laughs> Woo, score prediction. Well, the Blue Jays are down 2 nothing to the Yankees right now, but I think they're going <laughs> to lose 2-1. Burmy, so. score Did you prediction. Say we? <laughs> I don't think he said we. Did you say six, we? Oh, no. Six to, six to nine. Six to nine? Six to nine. Thank you. That's, nice. that's not how scores work. Well, yeah, it is. It is. If you watch, uh, you watch the European football dog, they always put the home team first and the away second. I don't care what they do. They're wrong. Well, you know what? That's, That's why we much. left. Euro trash. That's why we left. Six to nine. Coop. Thank you. Doug, score. I already said a lot to a little. It's weak sauce, Douglas. There's a joke there, but we'll leave that be. Um, Carlos, score. Uh, five to three reds. All right. Um, Louis Sessa. That reaction. (laughs) Louis Sessa has delivered his first pitch. And what did they call? They didn't put it on the score bug. Must have been a ball. Um, I'm going to say Dodger seven, red zero. Oof. Just because, like, like we were saying, Walker Bueller's on the mound, and Kyle Farmer can't do it himself. So, Kyle Farmer's playing all twelve, all what ten positions all tonight 12. plus. Well, well all, I was gonna say I, all twelve spots. I was gonna hey, say, bro, all, this ain't slow pitch softball. I was gonna say all twelve uh, position players are all Kyle Farmers. What I was going to say, well, but well, then I realized I realized the way it was being wait. phrased, it was not the best. I've got I've got another prop bet here. Will Aristides Aquino put a ball in play? Over under half a ball. And uh, Sessa's giving up his first hit. Uh, but um, Damn it, Coop. I'm out of here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say Aquino does not put a ball in play. Because. He's going to hit a home run now that you said that. He's on the struggle bus right now. He struck Same. out four times yesterday. On the struggle, boss. <laughs> Woo your thoughts. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Yep. Dynamite drop in. Well, we've been going for an well, hour. You so. know, <laughs> they're good. So they're, dynamite they're, drop they're in, good. Marty. Those broadcast gonna, lessons are really paying off. <laughs> they're going to continue to do good. Go, go team. Now go. that's my favorite baseball movie, Major League, and it's from the eighties. So, so like it. Oh, mine too. Nice. That's my favorite favorite baseball movie, and I love Bull Durham, but that's was so, overrated. Yes, I agree. Uh, Major League, though, the second one, no, but the first one. What about the third one? Third one, no. no. Third one's absolute trash. It's like home. It's like Home Alone. It's the first one. The other well, ones are. Cool. I mean, the second Home Alone was okay. Yeah, but so was Major League Two. Was okay. Right. Good. Good point. Uh, the best sequel of all 61. time. 61. Best sequel of all, that's a good movie. Best sequel of all time is Young Go. But, Oof, nice. um, well, I mean, have you seen Friday the 13th? 
Which one? Part one and part two. Um, I didn't really. Part two isn't part two the one where where you actually get to see Jason Voorhees. Yes, become the murderer. And like the guy is like in the cabinet after he just nailed the lady, and he's like, "He's killing me!" as he's stabbing him to death. <laughs> I don't watch scary movies. I get nightmares. Oh God. That's what I say in the middle of the night. Oh God. That's what she said. Nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but baseball movies, yeah. Uh, Major League. Uh, Jake Franey's batting again, but right side. <laughs> and this one, <laughs> the good version of Jake Fraley is at bat. Former Reds farmhand. Randy Justin Savage Turner. is batting? Justin Turner. Um, oh. um, A League of Their Own, I think, is a really good baseball movie. I still think. It's a great yeah, great movie. Disappointed in all of you because the correct answer is the Bad News Bears. I'm not a fan. the original one. Not a fan. The original one, yeah, right? Well, this is it. this has been fun. Um, I'm never coming on no, this podcast no. again because Coop is a monster. No, it's a good movie. I'm saying not a fan of in terms of being like one of my favorite baseball movies. I I said what I said. I know. I'll give you one hey, that's what, overrated. No. Field of Dreams is Here overrated. We, I. I knew it. I knew you were about to say that. That's like the the because he's middle line the whole me. time. Like mm. it's don't he's get me dead wrong. The yet. whole time, it's like the sixth sense. Yeah, um, yeah. He, don't get me wrong. It's a good movie. It's just overhyped. I like opinion. Moneyball. Moneyball is a good movie. I like it. Basketball was dope. Basketball yes. is freaking hilarious. There we go. <laughs> Anything from the creators of South Park is freaking. No hard. one's mentioning the Sandlot, and that's kind of disappointing. Sandlot's good. I'd put that five. Yeah. We'll make everybody mad. I really like Fever Pitch. Oh my wow. god! Wow, sleeper Jesus! Yeah, wow. But it's about the Red Sox. Yeah, but it's a great rom com, and that's that's my that's my jam. That's your jam. Speaking of roms, for uh, for, uh, for love of the game, eh, pretty solid. It's all right. Pretty solid. Yeah. Trouble I'm, with the curve. Uh, Absolutely not. Rookie of the year. Yes. Angels in the outfield. No. Shut the, up. Yes. Little <laughs> little little big league. Little big yes. league's the shit. Yeah. That's a good one. But rookie of the year, only for oh. and Carlos. Man, you don't want to see what just happened. Uh, but um, B A B I P. Son of death. a bitch. <laughs> um, the be- the best part of rookie of the year is Funky Butt Lovin'. What about luck? What about Lice? Is that a baseball movie? Lice? Yeah. Lice. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. No. It's a good Damn movie, it. but I don't think it's a big movie. I mean, the movie was terrible, but they couldn't have picked a better actor to play Babe Ruth in The Babe than John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fucking perfect, right? I mean, can you think of another actor that can play Babe Ruth? And look like Babe Ruth as much as John Goodman did. John Goodman's a good is actor. A, is there a slow pitch softball movie out there? Because I think that would be great. The, the Bench Warmers. I love that movie. That slow pitch softball? Yeah. Former Cincinnati ladies. Red John Moscott was in The Bench Warmers. Really? It's true. <laughs> I mean, there's been like episodes of TV shows where they play softball or baseball, like Seinfeld episode where George Ooh, runs no. over Bette Midler. That's hysterical. Seinfeld's I actually just I actually show. just watched that episode like a week ago, Coop. 
God, I love that. Yeah, Kramer's just obsessed with Bette Midler the whole time. Trying to get her an icy or slushy or something. And then he becomes yeah. like her spokesperson. That's a good good Un- episode. Uh, unbelievable episode. Wow, we're just rambling at this point. Um, Ken, Ken Burns' baseball documentary is incredible. Uh, Carlos, you're not going to like what just happened again. Motherfucker. <laughs> I think my score predictions become true. In the first inning. In the first inning. Why did John India dive right there? Hair got in the way. It was at. It was yeah. No, it was it was out of his reach. I mean, what did you wanted to do dive kind, for it. It's kind of like a parachute. You're going with the opener, so it's kind of nice. You, the Reds are getting the, the ninth Jeter, inning out of the way. Under his arm. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Dynamite dropping again from Woo. I'm oh, saying my. like the next eight innings are gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opener's really working out. Oh my god. Max Munson. Is that Chad? Chad Ochocinco out there pitching? Is that what's going on? Hey guys, I think we might have fucked up here. What? Um We should have went with our starter instead of our <laughs> but we're uh we're too late into it now, so do you think you can get us out of here? Fuck no. I mean this is weird. He's I've already, never started in three years. He's already he's already <laughs> met the three batter minimum. They I hate this I'm getting off. Bye. Well, hang on. Let's do our final thoughts first. <laughs> then you can get off. Nah. Um, yeah. So we'll go around the room here. Give our final thoughts. We will start with you. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have any. Like, okay. Have fun, yes. I guess. I don't know. Like, Feel free to watch another baseball team. You're nothing wrong with doing that. I'm doing that. Um. Feel free to, if you want to continue to watch the Reds, have fun with, you know, individual players and root for them. But, uh, you know, don't don't get invested and think that, hey, this is a good team and they play in a crappy division and it would be really ugly if it went for that. But, you know, enjoy baseball. Baseball's back. Everyone's back in the stadium, you know, love the game. I like so, baseball. I, I Yeah, I'm like, uh, I've... The, the pandemic did a lot and put some perspectives in my life. And I think it's one thing like they don't necessarily take into account they as an ownership of the Reds is a lot of people went to that. And for me, it's, I don't have to put up with this crap. I can just watch some baseball someplace else and still enjoy it. And, you know, keep my eye on the Reds and hopefully there's a good story here or there throughout the season or, you know, Votto has another solid year. That'd be great. And I can, you know, tag along, but that, they don't have my whole interest and I can, I can uh, and still enjoy the game. So I'm sure I'm not the only one that, you know, it's got that perspective after going through a couple years of of yeah. COVID. But uh, yeah, that's it. You know, just if you like the game, don't feel beholden to the Reds. So. I'll, I'll tell you what it's done for me is that it's made me want to. Oh my god! Sorry, you'll see in a minute. <laughs> um, well, it's made me want to go to more minor league games. To um, just, you know, the atmosphere of the minor league game is so much more relaxed. Anyway, um, you all have probably seen that I mean, I can't even criticize my man Kyle Farmer there. Because Oof. he's not a shortstop. That's uh, that hop. <laughs> uh, yeah. Burmy, your final thoughts. No. Um, maybe it was not a bad hop. <laughs> No, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, as I sit here watching this absolute gong show unfold in front of us on the TV, 
contemplating my life as, as Wu has, has evidently done so so properly over the last two years. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my biggest concern of the city of Cincinnati and the baseball down there, you know, everybody was so spoiled with the Bengals coming out of nowhere this year, making it to a Super Bowl. Every, and especially people under 40, football's, you know, NFL, college football, whatever, is, is king all over the country. Yep. And the Reds are not doing anything to bring in younger viewers. And I don't mean, like, put games on YouTube. Like, that's nice. But they're not doing anything to put a product on the field that'll give kids someone to look up to outside of Joey Votto. I'm sure there are girls all over Cincinnati that want to hit like and Joey Votto. And Kyle Votto. Farmer. And yes, and Kyle Farmer. And, you know, they, they mimic his, you know, batting stance in, in, in the park and all that good stuff. But they they continuously kill any chance of young fans ever seeing winning at least for a, like a, a consistent stretch. And that's really disheartening uh, for the younger baseball generation um, in the greater Cincinnati, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky area. Um, yeah, I mean, they once again proved that their endeavors are fruitless. And it's just sad to watch a sport that we all love uh, get tossed aside by a sport that plays 17 guaranteed games a year that count. So it just it just sucks. Shout to Joe Burrow. Uh, Doug, your final thoughts. This sucks, man. <laughs> 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 this sucks. Um, yeah, that's that. That's all gotcha. I got. Gotcha, Carlos. Your final thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> it really sucks. And you know, we all want to root for the Reds. We want them to do well. Um, Turn it. Ownership did what they did. Right. We're going to be here watching them. We're going to root them on. But it's going to be it's going to be a long year, man. It'll be a long year. Hopefully, there's going to be stories like we said here and there, so we can enjoy the season um, as fans, but still have the right to be pissed off. Ownership. Um, I don't care if you just want to be positive and not talk about it. Then fine, you don't have to talk about it, but don't tell me how to fan. So, um, yeah, whatever. Just hopefully you can find some enjoyment in watching the game. All right. All right. Uh, for my final thoughts, I want to invite Phil Castellini on to a future episode of the podcast if he wants to come on. Uh, that would be fun. His lawyers will be in touch, and it's not going to be for him coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Castellinis have some good lawyers, because when you have that kind of money and influence, yeah, there's stuff to bury. It's going to be the hunt for dead October once Ooh. they're done with you. The tens of people will be disappointed when we get shut down. Uh, shout out to the Cincy Sports Gallery. Go there for all your Reds memorabilia needs from when they were good. And again, shout out to, I know I've already shouted him out, but Chad Dotson in the front because without that billboard, we probably wouldn't be talking about this today and for the next week, month, <laughs> year. So <laughs> um, for Wu and Burmy and Doug and Carlos, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio